She's my daughter. Welcome to Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. This evening, we have a special guest, Elder um, Antoinette Nelson. Okay, you're on the air. All right. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Barbie, for giving me the opportunity to have this conversation. Um, Oops, sorry, do you want me to let uh, the guests come on? or? Sure, go ahead and let them come on. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell my listeners about your guests, too? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. I see Burley here, my son. Uh, hi, hi, Burley. You on mute if you're talking. Um, he's joining us on tonight. Uh, like I said, a very well-spoken young man himself. Uh, before we get started, Burley, is there something you'd like to say about what you think I got going on here? I, I'd like for them to hear from you, to, you know, to acknowledge what I do. I have to unmute it, so. You unmuted, Burley, but we can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear him. Okay, you can you can go ahead, son, and put yourself back on mute. For some reason, we can't hear you. Maybe you could try again at the end. Uh, someone else uh, popped in, too, um, named Taylor. That's my daughter. Do you want me to uh, invite her on, too? You can invite her on. Anybody that shows up in there, I gave them the link. Oh, okay, great. But she won't be talking, though. That one's shy. Okay. They're, they're... <laughs> Hi, Tyler. Thank you for joining us on tonight. I appreciate you and Burley's support. I truly do. Um, as I was saying, uh, thank you for having me on, Mr. Barbie. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk to the folks tonight. This is more of a... Um, this is more of a a talk conversation where we're still talking about we're going to talk about the bible a little bit but this is not a sermon okay. so when i when i looked at what you're you you know i've been looking at your videos and seeing what you're talking about and you're doing some really big things here you're really trying to do something in our communities and it's not just us i've uh, uh, afro-americans it's everybody it's like stop genocide like 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 let's fix it you know, and so um, I think that's really neat. And a lot of people don't talk about it enough and people don't really realize genocide is still going on. It's just in different arenas. It started early on in the Bible. It really did. And people just missed it. Uh, they didn't call it genocide. Some of it was uh, God said do it. Uh, God allowed it to happen. Or we just had people who were just silly like Pharaoh. Now that's my opinion. Pharaoh was silly. And that's this. That's why we're on the show too. What we feel matters. That's right. how I feel matters here. This. That's why I said this is not a gospel platform. This is just teaching. Teaching that you guys need to be aware of. Especially, I got two young folks on here. You got to understand when to practice genocide and when not to. There, there. People would like to say that genocide is bad. It just depends on how you're using it, though. And that's why I need to incorporate the Bible. The Bible speaks of genocide where it had to do with cleansing. Genocide was in the Old Testament was a way of cleaning things up. 
So you would get a group of people who just was do what they want to do. And God would be like, nah, that's not what you want to do. But, you can, but people just go keep on doing what they want to do anyway, right? So he had to eliminate that group of people in order for a bigger group of people to survive. So there's a difference in, in, in the way he did it then. You know, it was just more or less to cleanse uh, the world we live in so everybody could live in peace. So everybody could really just be okay. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. And so first I want to talk about the definition of genocide because some people really don't know what it is. So when we talk about genocide, we talk about the, um, the deliberate, deliberate killing or severe mistreatment of a large number of people. Now that need to pop somebody right there. We, let's, we, we can talk about that. We talk about slavery. We can talk about Holocaust. We can talk about the uh, LGBT community. People are deliberately getting rid of them. We can talk about the Ku Klux Klan. You know, there are a group of folks that deliberately went around in sheets and got rid of our people and they were getting away with it. They were just wiping out a whole rural community. It was probably happening in the cities, but, but it mostly happened in rural areas because it's hard to find people. People were really old thinking, old-fashioned and thinking that that was a way we were supposed to uh, conduct ourselves as black people. We were considered inferior. And when we didn't line up to that, they'd get rid of us and get away with it. So it happens. It's that there's so many ways to look at genocide. Um, one very good case of genocide, we want to talk about genocide. Let's talk about uh, Rwanda. Let's talk about that. The spring of 1994. Let's talk about that. That is such, I don't hear people talking about Rwanda that much. That should be in school. That should be taught in school settings. Kids don't know about that. If you ask a child about what they know about what happened in the, the genocide situation in Rwanda, they wouldn't be able to tell you nothing. Most of them wouldn't even know what I was talking about. And however, that, that's a group of people, a body of people. And people don't also don't realize it. it's not, it's not that, uh, Folks thought they were better. It was more political. It was a political situation where a group of people were set up to, to, to kill another group of people. And what's so crazy? We look alike. You know what I'm saying? We the same. We walk around here just like you and me. We look alike. And so you just decide to get up and just start cutting up everybody in a community. And you don't even know it. You, it might have been some of your family in there. You don't know. It just depends on you took a stance, you took a side. There was a line drawn, which way are you going to go? And we can relate that back to the Bible. Let's look at in the end of time, in the end of days, on the first coming. The line is going to be drawn. It's being drawn right now. Either you on this side or you on that side. Who are you going to go with? If you stay here, you're going to understand what genocide really is because you're living in it. You're going to have to make a choice. Either you're going to do what they say or you're going to have to die for it. And you know what? A lot of folks just die for it. Some people couldn't do slavery. They would die for it because they knew they were not supposed to be enslaved. That is not what we were designed to do. We, you know, there are some ways we could say that a servant is not being a servant to someone is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's. It's being a servant to someone and they treating you bad. I serve my husband. I serve my community. I serve, you know, I serve, I served in the military. 
But you know, I but I'm doing something great, but I'm not gonna be treated bad and do it. You know, I'm I just say, well, hey, you know what? Going to you going to get rid of me because this is not what I'm gonna do. You know, I draw the line just like I draw the line with me and my religion. You can either walk with me in this, or you could go your way. It's up to you. I still love you, but you can't move me. I'm solid. I lose anything behind it. My children on here, and they tell you I love God more than I love them. Because he holds them. If I don't do this right, and y'all don't watch me do this right, right, y'all can continue to think that some of the things you do is okay. I'm serving my kids by letting them watch me serve correctly. So there's a level to this. Everybody's servants. Everybody is, can, is born a servant, but whose side are you going to be on? I'm just, I hope I'm helping somebody right now. So let me go back to Rwanda. This was really a political situation. And we want to talk about everybody that these people look alike. And even if they didn't look alike, you know, if you were taking a stand, you, you ran the risk of dying. But at the end of the day, we all are one body in the body of Christ. Christians killing Christians. Oh, come on here. T tell me how that makes sense. People are operating, operating not that some people felt like it was a part of their religion and politics at the same time but more so people were operating in their flesh god ain't told y'all to do that he ain't tell you to operate like that somebody was running things and wanted it to go their way politically and either you gonna get on their team or get off their team and you would die doing it it's it just it just really happened that way and we look at that that's really we are a part of the body of christ so now we're looking at a broken body in a community. That whole community was broken by a group of people still not understanding that we're breaking up something in the body of Christ. He's watching you. He's watching you if, ain't, if nobody else is getting on you. He's looking at you. But, the, but sometimes, oh, here we go. Now see, here was about when we put some of the biblical in it. Sometimes God has to allow genocide in order to cleanse something up he has to sometimes and to prove that he can fix it when the mistake has been made you have to uh, sometimes you got to break something in order to fix something he has to allow it to happen it to move and it to take place because when the healing comes he's a part of the healing process does that i hope that makes sense to you listeners out here because that's really how it happens that's really how it happens. He's trying to get your attention. Genocide happened to get the world's attention. Something was being missed or they wouldn't have never got that far. Somebody wasn't paying attention or a group of people wouldn't have been able to move like that. So now by allowing this to happen, that community has been exposed. Some people sitting around like we could have did better by them. We could have did better by that country. We could have stepped in when political stuff started getting out of hand. You know, we could have, but we didn't. We just let a country sit there and just fit, decide what to do on its own, a little community, because it really is not that big. You know, and we let them take matters in their own hands. And now we want to 
put it under the rug, so to speak. We're going to sweep it under the rug so we don't talk about it. We talked about it when it happened, but we have, we don't talk about that, that itch, issue like that, like it, it could actually potentially come again. Look at Israel. Look at Israel right now. That ain't nothing but an example of genocide. Something's happening over there. It's a cleansing, and that's a holy country. Something is going on there. Now it's now you paying attention. The whole world can see something's wrong. And we let it get that far. Are y'all really arguing about some water? Come on. I'm just saying. That's one of the situations. People want to stay near the water. That is crazy. But it happens. But that had to happen in order for God to have some things get cleaned up. I'm, I, I, I hope this is all coming together for the people. I, I need y'all to get this. I really do. I need y'all to get this. Um, because a lot of folks do come on your show. They do have some very good topics. I love them. But I won't really hear anybody touch on what you actually are trying to get taken care of out here. I don't really hear them saying um, their, their conversation actually supporting your cause, if that makes sense. This, you know, God is, yeah, God is good. God is good all the time. We can talk about him all the time. But he needs to enlighten us. He needs to enlighten the world on this situation, which is why it's so hard to get the promotion you need to get where you going. It's a, it, oh, I hope I'm helping you right now. My words to you, that might need to be incorporated in some, hey, I need to talk about genocide a little bit, because the, the job is for you to get us to understand why it's important that we help do what you do. And brother, I'm going to help you. I'm just saying that it, it, it's important for us to know why you're doing what you're doing. And, and, and the world needs to know why you're doing what you're doing so that people will come together and help you do what you need to get done. Amen. Hold on, woman of God, again, I've been pushing this for 31 years. Yeah, 31 years. And I, I don't like, that. I don't like, I don't like um, this, uh, I would say my um, experience that I'm going through because right. my brothers and sisters that I reach out with uh, here in Chicago, when I pass out my um, flyers and stuff, telling them about my revised book, Mm -hmm. Majority of the people say they're not interested. Chicago, yet, and yet Ooh. Chicago is is really one of the, come on um, a dangerous place to live, especially for kids that stay in the inner cities. You talking good, sir? Chicago is no joke. The life expect expectancy of a young folks is somewhere around twenty eight to thirty years old, and that's young. And it's and they don't even have to be doing anything. It's just the neighborhoods. You could just be in the wrong place. That when I tell you there needs to be some type of huge uh, coming together of leaders in that community and uh, folks that understand the word of God need to come there and try to do something major. That city is under attack by the devil. When I say there's a, go ahead. Hold, hold, hold on, woman of God. Uh, I just, I'm, even though I'm here in Chicago, but it, mm -hmm. this is happening in all the major inner cities in America. And you what's ma the major problem we're having is that everybody, you know, wants to, you know, it's all about themselves in terms right. of you know, want to be seen and all that stuff. So I'm like, because they didn't want to work with me. So I'm like, I ain't fine. This is how come I created my platform. Come I'm on like, here. If I can't get support from people here in my city, I'll reach out mm -hmm. to people outside of Chicago and bring That's them right. in to help us um, turn my ideas into a reality. Uh, that is, and I love what you're doing. And in the city that I reside in here, Durham, Durham, North Carolina, some we need to clean this. A cleansing needs to happen here. 
The leaders need to come together here and get something done in this community. Look, little Durham, North Carolina, North Carolina is just like Chicago. Henderson, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these are rural areas. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to get together and do something. This is so very important. So very important. I mean, our world, you know, the world we live in, um, it, it, it kind of where we are right now, we're struggling with identity. We're struggling with our identity right now. We're trying to figure out, uh, we're struggling with identity in issues when it comes to the body of Christ too, trying to define uh, what side are we on? Are we apostolic? Are we Kojic? Are we Baptist? Are we Pentecostal? You know, people don't come together. That's a genocide to me. I mean, not the religions themselves, but the fact that they don't work together. That's hold, hold on a minute, God. I got to uh, inter interject on that. Mm -hmm. Those are man-made uh, man denominations because it says mm -hmm. in God's word that one faith, um, one baptism, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and God. But, you know, man, you know, want to get in there and do stuff the, the way that they want to do it. Yeah, people have defined the rules of their religion that I can't this agree come over here uh, in my uh, Christian business. People mm -hmm. are going to be able to be free, serve God according to, you know, how, how they feel in their hearts, because uh -huh. it's about a personal relationship. That's right. Can it is a personal me? relationship. Yeah, we can hear you now, brother. Um, it is a personal relationship. It is. And I, but I still believe it's still kingdom because there's mm -hmm. one to me. That's one Bible. That's me. That's what, my opinion. Um, it's one Bible. Like you said, we all have our own beliefs and that's my belief. And I'm saying no matter your denomination, if you're all kingdom minded, not religious, but kingdom minded, you all should be able to come together to help to do something in this community to stop genocide. It uh, should be thing. the cause of everybody. Go ahead, Burley. I'm sorry. I was just saying one thing I'll, I'll say, because, you know, I love music um, just like you do in that way. And uh, a lot of that is pushed in the music. So I think if, uh, you know, the culture as far as the music would help. If we were to somehow, um, you know, if people were to push positive messages, I'm, I try to do that. You've heard my music. I talk about God. I talk about, um, you know, things that people need to hear. I feel like, like you said, people don't have their own, or I think you and uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Emanuel are saying, you know, people don't, um, people, people are too busy trying to do uh, some other, some of the stuff that they hear other people are doing or seeing, and it's like propaganda all over again through music um you know like um you know industrialization you know how the big part of that going that whole era happening and kind of the change of the united states not to say that i think all the things are right because there was the big stick theory i don't agree with that with roosevelt and how he did the people that way but um you know ultimately propaganda fueled uh the economy more than the labor did and then that made the labor go. So like the genocide, um, you know, this Israel, I think it would be best if, if people speak on it. Like DJ Cali, he's Palestine. I mean, he's Palestinian. And um, and uh, Drake, he's Jewish. Neither one of them have spoken on this topic. Too much of what people think about them, too much of uh, people being um, selfish in that way. Uh, I feel like if uh, people were more trying to spread the word, like Mr. Emmanuel and you, um, mother, people are trying to spread their word, 
um, you know, this world would be a better place. So I absolutely believe in, um, you know, what the both of you are talking about here. And um, I'm, I support it 100 percent. Well, he just enlightened me. I didn't know those gentlemen were of their ethnicity and they have a voice to help stop genocide. And you're not speaking on it. That's, that's, some, that's, that's clearly summing up what he's saying. You know, you, why aren't you speaking on this? Uh, if there's enough just, money. Just, just a Go moment. Ahead. Reason why? Because, um, oh boy, I forgot that uh, basketball player. His name started with a K. Do y'all um, know who I'm talking about? Uh, I'm trying to think about it. Um, he said he he misspoke. You know, he all he did was post. Um, a video link about um, Kyrie Irving. There we go. Yes, from Hebrew to from Negro to Hebrew, something like that. Right. No, all he did was just post that, and he got penalized. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why a lot of you know celebrities don't want to speak out, and a lot of people end up losing their jobs too for speaking out about some of this stuff. And that's why I say, whose side are you taking? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Are you going to do what's right? Are you going to just not care? Because that's what the consensus is. People care more about themselves than they care about what's happening in the world. Not realizing that you not doing nothing is making your, your space in the world harder. You know, so it, it, it's just a, this is just real interesting to me. Like I said, I never, and I'm guilty. Let me go ahead and pop my own hand, right? I was guilty until I started looking at your videos. This just wasn't something that people talk about. You don't hear about it. And I, um, when I started looking up genocide and, and looking at all the areas and where it comes into play, I was like, wow. And nobody's talking about it. And nobody. And I, and I appreciate you allowing me to be able to discuss it mm -hmm. and get my views across now that I know that, that this is definitely happening out here. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, um, I actually saw in court. Um, I think it was actually uh, Liddell, um, Mike Liddell. I forget his I forget his name, but anyways, they were quoting the Mein Kampf in the um, in the courtroom as a way to as an argument on how this person is doing what they're doing. That alone is crazy to me. People are using genocide as a way to also argue. Uh, you know things in in the court in the judicial system, and 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 so it's it's definitely really deep. Um, is I'm curious because I know I keep throwing stuff out there because I know you know y'all what y'all saying right. Uh, what are what are some good solutions uh, to 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 handle this type these types of things, when, especially when we're getting penalized for it, uh, black people specifically uh, more than any other race. Uh, does anybody have any solutions on this issue or this topic? I sure do. And go ahead, Mr. I was about to say this is a Mr. Barber question. <laughs> Hold on. Before I go into to that solution, I just want to say, <coughs> please read my story right here. The I call it the solution for Black America, reclaiming, rebuilding, and restoring the urban ghettos in America, second edition. It's available on Amazon. I'm going to provide the, um, the link in the comment section below this video podcast at the end of this, um, once we finish. Okay. So you could you oh could no that's read interesting. my story I'm about getting that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But is um, it on Amazon? Yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah. 
And again, you're gonna I'm gonna put that in the uh, comment section below the um, video podcast at the end. But uh, the solution is for us as because I call my organization grassroots. We are the ones that um, gonna have to come up with our own solutions at the I would say at the community level. Because all we do is elect these politicians, you know, to try to do our bidding, but, you know, they side with the white supremacist financial elites. And those Ooh. are the people that cause, quote unquote, call the shots. So if they don't mm -hmm. want you to talk about certain things, you can't do that because you're working for them, basically. Wow. If we focus on in the grassroots setting at the local level, and hold people accountable, then, you know, that's how we'll have a solution. Um, in terms of a solution for uh, the genocide here in American ghettos, it starts right here in the city of Chicago. I want to use Chicago as a model. I want to be able to connect with African immigrants that's here because it was our people that um, fought and died to help those people come here. Uh, our grandparents, you know, during the uh, civil rights era. The one for us doing that, they wouldn't be here because this country was really uh, designed for Europeans. So I'm just saying, I hope that, you know, uh, through my uh, podcast and, you know, talking to people that they would uh, work with us, because if they do that, then that's going to help give us credibility when we go to the African continent to set up this um, business over there. Okay. You know, one accord. Just like, mm -hmm. the you know, um, you know, you, you have to be on one accord. If we uh, disagree and stuff like that, then things ain't going to get done. And then the genocide would continue to happen. We have to uh, do my Christian business. Um, we are going to focus on working with um, these broken families in the inner cities. To, uh, help those single black uh, mothers, single black fathers, provide them with the uh, basic resources through the Grassroots Community Activist Institute of Chicago. Our mission, again, is to help eradicate urban violence through art, culture, commerce, spiritual development, as well as hosting African tours. We're not going to just sit up here and um, complain about the white man and the government. In Come my, on here. In my business, we're going to sit up here and use um, what we can. We have a voice, and we want to connect with other like-minded uh, Black people, um African people, mm -hmm. non-black sympathizers, they're welcome to uh, be a part of this, but our focus 100% is to solve black issues. I'm like complaining about the um, you know, what's going on. Um we also in my uh business we're gonna separate ourselves from off-cold Negroes, urban terrorists, pedophiles, and uh, black people that's, you know, that's going to try to mislead us. Those are the ones that's, uh, you know, like these black politicians. So in my uh, business, I want people to, you know, once we have that physical building, sign the community pledge, saying that they're going to agree. And that's what I talk about here in my revised book. So they're going to sign the community pledge. We also um, make sure they pass our criminal background check. And I want them to submit a thumbprint in our business so that way we can keep tabs on who's doing what mm -hmm. anybody tries to um i'm gonna say try to change our um our focus they're gonna get two warnings that third time that person or person their name is going to be <coughs> a judas list 
along with their photo ID, name and address, and they're going to be barred for life. So we're going to have consequences for people that's going to try to undermine us. Our focus is just focusing on trying to improve uh, our inner cities. I said for the kids to come so they don't have to worry about being shot down like an animal. And we're going to use our meat. Uh, hold on. I want to uh, point this out. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to have eight main, uh, eight major uh, components, a social service component, a spiritual component, which is going to be optional for secular people because we do want secular people to be a part of this. We, I don't want just Christians. Right. It's fine to, you know, just, you know, um, have Christians, but how, how are we going to make an impact in the world if we're just associating with ourselves? So forget You can't. That. You can't do that. You know, I'm just saying, I want to go, God is calling me to go beyond the four walls of the church to mm -hmm. make an impact in the black community. Mm -hmm. here in Chicago. Um, we're going to have a political component. We're going to teach our members and students about the importance uh, of, um, politics, the ins and outs, because a lot of our black people, for example, right here in Chicago, they have been voting off code for the past 60 years, voting for the same political party, which is the Democrats, and not demanding any uh, tangibles for their vote. And now we have this um, migrant crisis as a result, because that's what black people voted for. So it's yeah. not just in Chicago, it's also up there. In it's Chicago. all over the world. It's all over it's, the world. It's, and it's uh, happening in um, all the um, sanctuary cities here in America. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have an entrepreneur component. We're going to teach our members and students about how to build their own um, businesses, nonprofits, and for-profits. We're going to have an entertainment component because we want to make sure that we get the youth involved. This is for the young people in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, we want to promote uh, black um, empowerment films. So we can mm -hmm. show, just like, you know, what your son was saying, you know, about the music. We want to promote positive music. Not, we're not going to have no drill music. Drill music is they glorify killing other black people. Come on here. No good. So we don't want that. One thing I want to say about you know, the music too. Sometimes um, people, because I, I, I make music, mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like from being around artists, they tend to rap about the things they think other people think are cool, right? And right. so they completely forget um, the point of, you know, why music exists. Um, you know, sometimes they'll think about, like, for example, the drill beat. They'll look at the drill beat and they'll think it's time to rap about killing people when the drill beat is just another beat. It's just this sounds like this. This is what it sounds like. And when you hear so many people rapping on this type of beat, on this type of beat or or this type of bass or 808, that also kind of influences. Almost, It's almost like the sound because it's used so much um, for one specific type of genre of music, like drill, for example, drill beats. Drill doesn't even have to be it doesn't have to be drill, right? It could just be a beat and people can rap on it and talk about God on it, flow on the beat. Like that's something I feel like if, if, if they just understood, like you said, if they just understood like they got the component for the entrepreneur, the political, it'll give them something more to rap about. It'll give them something more to, uh, you know, want to make movies and, and music about and, 
it'll make it'll make that it'll it'll change. I, I can see that changing inside out for sure. So that's a really good point, sir. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to piggyback what you just said too. Now you're not gonna have no 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 rappers at all that's gonna talk about um saying negative things about the Jewish community because their career will be over. But it's okay, they get a pass that's called our black queens, bees, and whores. Come on here, you better talk, Mr. Barbie. Yeah, I am. I'm just saying that's not cool. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna like also have we also gonna have um no, the sixth component would be a black grassroots media because we have to take control of the narrative. That's how come I created my platform in the first place. And yes, I get little views because a lot of people are like, oh, no, you're not going nowhere, blah, blah, blah. But hey, I refuse to, you know, uh, let that negativity sink in my mind because mm -hmm. I'm doing this for a greater cause. I'm trying to help our youth. I'm mm -hmm. like, it's dying. They're, they're reaching out to, you know, older people, to, um, you know, for, for them to get involved and to help them. But all they want to, the older people, all they want to do is just tell the young people to just keep marching and protesting. Begging the white um, supremacist financial elites for freedom, justice, and equality. Our people have been doing that for um, 60 years, and we still don't have it. So I have a better solution. Stop begging those people. Do what we can in our communities. And then, mm -hmm. um, like I say, African immigrants, and we're going to, um, like I say, we want to visit um, different parts of Africa. So mm -hmm. that also apply for dual citizenship. When we go over there, we want to use our talents in terms of helping um, with their, um, I would call it, um, they call it load shedding in South Africa. All that means is uh, rolling blackouts. So we want, we're going to help try to solve that uh, through my Christian business in exchange for citizenship. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to also have number seven, a health and wellness component, because we want to make sure our people are eating healthy foods. And not the, all that GMO mess that they have out here that's making our people get sick and die and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to have an eight component um, science and technology. We want to teach the youth about how to, um, something about um, blockchain technology. So that way they can, they can develop a lot of uh, our own systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I like to add on too is, um, you know, technology. When the economy is down to its lowest, um, you know, the economy cycle, the recession area, you know, it's actually almost the best time to to use that technology knowledge because United States is 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 a innovation, not is an innovative type of uh, country compared to other countries. There's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that other countries have that the United States doesn't, but they are very innovative. And um, so one thing I say is I think that that whole point of, um, you, know, in, uh, you know, innovative um, and technology, that's that's the forefront. Technology is the forefront of that. So I absolutely agree with that as well. I'm interested in that book now. <laughs> Great. That's what I talk about in my book. But my thing is I don't want to just be talking about this stuff. I want to make this stuff happen. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, you need to see it manifest. A lot of people I run across here in Chicago, they, a lot of the churches, you know, they give me a pat on the back and say, keep up the good work. But they're not working with me. They're not buying my book. And my mm. book, God, I hate to tell you, this is barely selling. 
So this is why the Lord put in my heart to turn it into a film. So that way I can reach, you know, the global black masses. The mm -hmm. in the film will put me in a better position financially so I can do all these things that I keep talking about. Do you also hey, you have know, a blog or a podcast? This is my uh, pod podcast. Oh, this is the podcast. Oh, yes. I, oh StreamYard. I've I've never used this platform. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. No yeah, problem. Uh, this is great. You know, I, I'm gonna get the book. I want to read it. You know, I have a book club, and okay. my book club was actually doing very well. And this is something that could help. You know, with the financially because we don't get books donated. We actually pick people uh, that are expire aspiring to be just getting started need of their foot out on a platform um it starts with the little with the little man that's me you know and i i actually get their book the people in my group they have to buy the book just like i bought the book right and then on the third week we ask the author to come in and speak on our platform so that this is networking you yes. know that this is this is how you do it yes. this is how you do it yes and um this is how we do it here. And, and so, um, you know, I was just thinking about when you were talking too. genocide is happening to our communities. Yes. Do you see how our neighborhoods are no longer thriving? Um, yes. There was an area here in Durham called the West End, which was a very lucrative part of Durham where black people owned all their own businesses and everything. They had everything you needed. And now it's, it's hardly there. You know, the, the, the houses, the streets are not the safest to be on. The community has changed. And you got a few businesses here or there. But this was a, when you look at the history of this place, um, it was a black city. And when people couldn't pay their taxes and the government got involved, they took their businesses. Wow. I mean, for a little less than nothing. And then when they sold them, they could get them for dollars on the penny. So yeah, genocide is huge and it is showing up in all, everywhere, all over the world, all in every country, in every city, on every corner, in every sidewalk. It's huge and you're right, it's not being talked about enough. And I think it's because of the definition of it. People are not taking the time to really look at where it is hurting us as a community, you know? And like you said, some people just scared to talk about it. Some people just take they, they scared it's gonna yeah yeah their home. I was about to say that that's a big point like it, you know how much courage it probably takes a lot of folks who are very uh, embarrassed to to be around you know these types of conversations to to come into this this stream uh, due to the the outside the outside peer pressures the outside uh, you know problems as far as um, you know the um, yeah, that, well, that's my point, though. Yeah, so I think that definitely is a good point. You know, being afraid, it's crazy how I don't even say, I wouldn't say I would be afraid of that, but when I think about what you're saying, I think about something that I'm uncomfortable with, right? When I'm uncomfortable with something, it's hard to uh, become comfortable, but that's that's actually a part of life I've learned as part of my life, you know, my young age, and you have to learn to um, be comfortable with the uncomfortable so that you can break through and, uh, you know, get to those barriers. I think that breaking through you know, what you're saying, sir, uh, this, this, this gets to, this breaks through as far as how people think. I think this breaks through as far as how people will act as far as what they think about things. 
And I wish, in my opinion, just throwing it out there, um, I wish, in my opinion, people more so around my age, like 20, uh, 30, um, you know, if they if they were more receptive. I don't understand how to open up. Like, I can have conversations with one of my buddies, right? And once we start talking, we, we'll talk all day about what they want to talk about. But then when I want to talk about something like this, or if I want to talk about life, I want to talk about the future, goals, it's like the whole conversation stops. And I want to get them keep get them to keep talking, to get the wheels spinning. Uh, I want them, I want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking all the time or talking about things that don't matter. Um, and I, and I, and, and that's just the point right there. You know, it's uncomfortable for somebody that I know for years to have a conversation with me about this type of stuff. So, um, how would you handle that? How would either you handle that, uh, as far as getting the gears turning with say someone, you know, personally that is being, um, that, that seems like they, you know, they're cutting off when, when we're having these types of conversations or when we're trying to get somewhere as far as, uh, you know, the genocide, how do we get our peers on our side? Um, you know, what would you suggest? Okay, I got it. Uh, the best thing I, I suggest, you got to talk to other like-minded. Um, that was what I was about to say. Because you can, even when it comes down to God's word, you can talk to a person that has a rep reprobate mind about God all day long. If they have a reprobate mind, they reject God and they don't, it doesn't matter how long you talk to them. So you got to use your time wisely, young man. You don't talk to people that's, you know, just want to sit up here and talk about sports. Ha ha. They don't, point. About, they don't care. They, they're not um, solution um, intent. And it actually starts in the home. Genocide uh -huh. should be starting to be talked about at a young age, which my kids could tell you I don't play. You, you can't you can't go to school. You mean to tell me you can't go to school to sit down and learn so you can be something in life and that you don't have to struggle and you don't have to do these types of things right here. You know what I mean? My kids have seen me be a product of genocide, just having to use the system and to get just to get by. You know, it wasn't nobody in the system trying to help me get an education. They would pay for some food. They'll help you with your light bill. But the minute you want to go to school, then the program could only be something like a small program that you really not going to use that for the rest of your life. So the, the, you know, the social services system, they could get a whole lot of people off of that benefit if they were offering them bigger opportunities to, in, to better themselves. Because some people, if you just keep handing, giving, handing, ain't no work. I've seen people make a living off of it. You know, I've seen people just don't work. Matter of fact, I have a family member that the only thing they ever done is that they don't work. And so it starts at home teaching, letting them, taking them in the neighborhood and showing them what happens when people don't work together to keep a community thriving. Showing them uh, what a community used to be like that belonged to us and now to where it is now. You know, giving them literature, read, educate yourself and then ask them questions about it. They're at the age down where they're impressionable at this age. They're they're all over the internet anyway. You know, here, read this. You want to you get on the internet for an hour? Well, I need you to read this book for 30 minutes. You know, it starts with us. It starts with the ones that are here now who are now reaping the consequences for not being a part of the, of the plan, of the, of the solution, shall I say. 
And so there are people on platforms that have enough money that what they thought shouldn't even matter. It wouldn't even matter. And they don't talk about genocide in our communities or just in the world, period. And so I think what you're doing is great. I think that we should keep talking about it. I think that, um, you know, in my business world, I'm kind of glad, you know, really glad I met you because these are things that I can incorporate in some of the things that I do. You know, yeah. it definitely is a sermon. And there's definitely a lot of black people in the Bible to talk about this. About, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So, it, you know, I really, me, we've had the conversation, which is what I wanted. This is really what I like. I like conversations. I don't really want to have to teach all the time. I like God. I love it. I'll do whatever you tell me to go. I'll do it. But sometimes it's just nice to have a conversation about real things. So I thank you for having me on this show. Burley, uh, thank you for uh, participating as well. I didn't expect you to do that much talking, but it's, I'm glad to hear that um, you did pay attention. You did know this. You, you Because he really, Mr. Bart, he doesn't have a lot of friends because he's really grown up. And, I, and when I say that, his conversation is not uh, about sports or music all the time. Or he, he's not a sports fan. He doesn't even sit around and watch. He don't care anything about it. You know, he does, though. But if you ask him, somebody said something about Christopher Columbus. Uh, and he works. We work together. Somebody said something about Christopher Columbus. And uh, they talked about the Indians. And Burley spoke up. And was like, oh, you want to talk about that? Well, let's have a conversation about that. And the gentleman was like 60-some years old. I know he was taken aback because Bernie actually shut him down because he didn't expect for somebody 23 years old to be able to have a conversation about that statement you just made that kind of disrespects us, too. And, and he did it without criticizing you but gave you something to think about so you could stop talking. You know, so I'm proud to say that my kids did pay attention to something because we were raised. My grandmother did give us books. She did make us read. She did make us know who Martin Luther King was, Rosa Parks. When I went to school in the third grade, I was reading on a sixth grade level because my grandmother had us reading uh, probably at home before we even started school because we stayed home with her while our parents worked. And she had five bookshelves, you know, so. It's, it starts right now. So anybody looking at this podcast, it is time for you to have a voice. If you can't speak it out publicly, you can change it in your household. You can talk to your kids about this. You can tell them about how they need to get together with like-minded people, as we say, to help fix these communities because it's everywhere. And you do have to take a side. You do have to take a stand. You might be uncomfortable, but there's something comfortable coming because you were uncomfortable. Even when in religion and, and just taking a stance and saying, I serve the Lord, I'm an elder, this is what I'm going to do. I had to take a stance. And I'm telling you, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. But God made it comfortable. Because at the end of the day, the truth is the truth. And you can't get away from it. And so instead of dealing or entertaining people who don't support me or what I'm doing, I walked away. And if I didn't walk away, they walked away. And I wasn't interested in reconnecting. It was okay. So one thing I've learned too from from being a um because you know how I can be my sometimes it'll be it'll be hard for me to be receptive because of me thinking I know something or on a separate top certain topic or um but what I will say is it's easier to take a stance when I am more knowing 
So I think that this book and this this whole podcast, this will this will definitely be easier for me to say person like me to take a stance. Um, you know, get more insight from you, get more insight from Mr. Emmanuel here because he's definitely giving me some good stuff too. And 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 this will make it easier for me to take a stance. Um, you know, as far as genocide, because like I was I was asking for a solution. And, you know, for me to for me to, you know, ask that question, I'm pretty sure it's other people who don't know the answer. Right. So, uh, you know, this is really good. Uh, and, and thank you for giving me the, the time, sir. I have to go get this food. My, my significant other is going to kill me. Uh, but I really appreciate, you know, you give me the time and dropping that knowledge. And I'm going to and please drop that link or mom, can you please send me that link and. I'm going to make sure to go get that book, sir. I appreciate yeah, I it. I just want to say before you um, leave, you and your mom is welcome to come back on this um, podcast whenever you feel like. I want y'all to feel at home. When you're Thank on you. But yeah, again, for sure. I'm going to I'm going to come back. But, I'm going to come back. But my thing is, I'm not all about just sitting up talking. Also, I'm Do not. It. And also, I'm not um, about just sitting up um, running for trying to run for public office. I'm trying <laughs> to. Run I'm trying to move my Christian business from behind the computer, woman of God. That's right. And make our presence known in those high crime gang and drug infested communities here in Chicago, starting on the west side. And then we're going to expand to the south side. Nice. And we're going to serve, you know, those uh, families that want more out of life. But again, over here, we're about raising the bar, raising the standards. Mm hmm. And that's that's what it that's all what it boils down to. We need to set high standards, better standards for ourselves, and we need to set better standards for our children that are coming up. We are not talking about this, and people, my people out here, y'all need to start talking about this. You just have to. Um, Tyler, do you want to say anything? Um, I'm not much of a talker, but um, I learned some things today. <laughs> um, I actually want to. I want to read that book. Yeah. I, so I was uh, gonna actually get the book and uh, probably follow you on some type of social media page because I was looking at your name and stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, also, a uh, woman of God, I knew I need to uh, stress this too. I have a virtual store. You know, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm selling items on there. But again, everything is barely selling. And that's what the devil wants. He wants me to feel like, oh, you know, you're wasting your time. You know, you're not going to amount to nothing. And that's what, you know, a lot of these negative people try to impose on me. But I'm like, forget that. This is what the Lord placed in my heart to do. So I'm going to fight like hell to, you know, turn it into a reality the best that I can. And I'm going to use this technology wisely. I, you know, I don't want to use it to sit up here and, you know, put down our racial group. If yeah. I didn't like people, I wouldn't care about what goes on in the inner cities. Come on. That's the and truth. And I also want to go before I cut and run to Africa. I want to make sure we get it established here in Chicago. I get it. I get it. Uh, this would be great for, you know, I wish uh, my cousin uh, Jason hadn't been able to be up here for this because what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Y'all would have had a field day. Uh, he's somebody that can help push your thought. He can push your book. He's a young man that has connections where this and it matters. And he's not afraid to talk about it because the issues that you speak on, he speaks at city councils in our small community in Granville County where we are talking about this very 
thing. Like they're tearing down our basketball courts. This is all we have, y'all. Why would you tear this down? This community is where the black kids come to, to get away because this is our outlet. You guys are tearing it down. Why? So he got together and had them open it back up, him and a group of young men just like-minded. So, right. yeah, I think, yeah, I'm going to turn them on to you, too, as far as, hey, go follow. Go check this out. Hey, you need to read this book. But I know already I got to purchase three of these books. and Y'all going to give me my money back. But I'm going to go ahead and purchase three of these books. Okay, cool. Um, um, now, now, before you go to Woman of God, I do want to share this because I, um, I didn't, I didn't do, I, I have the information, but I don't uh, actually have it in front of me. But I know that um, in North um, Carolina, um, in a town called, it starts with an M. I think it's Wel Wellington. Wilmington, that's W. Wilmington. Yes. Uh, Yes. Okay, moving to North Carolina. Okay. Okay. But do you know what happened in, in that town? I don't. It's well, something, something happened, and I can send you the information once we get off this call, but I know it, um, that was the first uh, interaction um, about uh, an established, um, it was a black community, just like um, um, Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And white supremacists, you know, they chased everybody out of the town that now, that's not in the history that's not in the history books but I, i'm just going to share the share the um video with you you know it, it it happened um do you remember the city where uh they made a movie about it where they killed the whole town of yes, uh, that's called of, rosewood. Uh, rosewood if you yes. have not seen that tyler i need you to go look at rosewood man yeah. blow your mind and yeah. only recorded two deaths out of all of us that got killed. Yeah. yeah. That was genocide. Yes, it was. And then remember um, that the governor in uh, Florida, he's trying to rewrite, you know, our history. So, you know, that's not right. But it's up to us as black people to, you know, support, you know, a book like mine. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not just about my... I talk about my life experience in here and what I when I used to do street ministry, but I also talk about our past, present, as well as our future. Woman of God, the Grassroots Community Activist Institute of Chicago is more than just a new business endeavor. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a new system, but we got to create it. Right. And you got to have a whole lot of people to do this. People got to jump on board. And that's how come I say this is a Nehemiah assignment. I can't do this uh, thing by myself. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I, I will do my part in every way that I can. Um, and I hope, woman, I got, yes, I hope I can expand it um, to your um, city too. You know, but I just want to get it popping here in Chicago first. And my goal is that the Lord would breathe on it and that He would allow it to become a franchise, just like McDonald's. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I see that it says help stop genocide in American ghettos. And, yeah, that's uh, the name of my podcast. That's what we're on now. I can't help but think that how much we want to stop it and just like just being honest that sometimes just feel like you're stuck in it. It can be stopped, you know, woman. Uh, you know what I mean? You um, it, it can be stopped. <laughs> but you know, we have to have we have to connect with other like-minded people. Right. Because the same our, our people that was on those plantations, they never thought that they was gonna get out of slavery. But you have to believe that God is going to um, change, you know, the environment that he's going to uh, intervene for us. 
Yeah. Well, I thank you for allowing me to come on here tonight. This has been really good. If, if you don't mind, woman of God, since, you know, I don't have a title, but I'm just going to just go there. Is it okay if you can pray and, you know, close it out like that? Sure, sure. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for bringing this group of people together. Father God, everybody we invited were not here. However, who needed to be here was here, Father God. Nothing happens by chance. God, I hope we can get this movement started. We need you to blow your breath on this, Father God. We need you to yes. look at the paperwork. We need you to put your hands on it. We need you to select the right people. We need to connect. We need the right people to connect to us. We need people to see us. We need to actually push the movement. And God, we need your help. Where somebody wouldn't even pay attention, God, we need you to change their focus and put their eyes on it. We ask you for that right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you all for uh, listening. Um, and I, again, woman of God, you're welcome. You're more than welcome to come back on the show whenever you feel led. Okay. Amen. Thank you. But uh, we're going to get the books. I dropped them in my messenger and I'm okay. going to go to your store and grab three. Okay. Well, th that's going to conclude our show for today. Um, peace and blessings.